0: This is the NFL Draft Triple Take with Mike Prezuta, Dale Lolly, and Matt Williamson from Steelers
1: Nation Radio and Steelers.com.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of NFL Draft Triple Take here on Steelers.com. I'm Mike Presuda from the Steelers Radio Network and Steelers.com. Joined by Dale Lolly of the Steelers Radio Network and Steelers.com and SNR and Matt Williamson, Dale's co host on SNR's The Drive. You can also find Matt's written word on Steelers.com. You can hear him just about anywhere Steelers are spoken or Steelers topics are spoken. We are here today with another draft preview for you and we're going to hit the offensive lineman today, not necessarily the most exciting uh, of positions, but You got to have them. Everybody needs them. And, Matt, uh, you're the former scout in our group. Uh, A lot of guys that like to evaluate this kind of stuff every year think this is a really deep offensive line class. Are you as excited about all these tackles as everybody else seems to be about all these tackles?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think it is an exceptional group that there's four – High-quality tackles that most years would be the first guy off the board. A lot of traits with those guys. I'm sure they'll be the top of all of our lists that are really enticing. But then there's probably another four to ten that look like potential starters or potential, you know, above-average starters. And then there's a couple projects on top of that. But the interior line class is bleh. Dale, uh,
0: it's kind of like the other deep uh – positions that tackle class isn't it that's similar to running back or wide receiver It kind of comes down to what you specifically want because there's a lot of guys that make the grade
1: yeah and, and you know they're, they're if you look at this group and, and I agree with Matt that the interior guys are a little lacking Um, you know we, we may see a little
0: lacking he said Bleh. yeah he said <laughs> blah uh,
1: I, I think we could see as many as seven offensive tackles uh, taken in the first 50 picks uh, and maybe only one interior offensive lineman uh, in the first 50 picks. But seven offensive tackles in the first 50 picks, is, and, and none of them would be reaches. That's the key part because, you know, tackles always end up getting overdrafted a little bit uh, because everybody needs them. And and so you, you see guys get drafted in the first round or, you know, early second round in, in other years that don't necessarily belong there. These guys all belong. They're, the, they're some of the top uh, prospects in this draft.
0: Yeah, not only belong, but uh, Sean, Ho- Sean O'Hara, for example, of the NFL Network, he thinks there's a lot of year one starters, maybe some, some day one, game one starters, uh, guys that you can plug and play. Those are always the, the, the guys you love to draft because you don't have to overthink it, you don't have to overcoach it. You just have to, to throw them out there and let them do their stuff. Matt, uh, let's start with you as we count it down from number 10 uh, in the offensive line. Uh, you're going with Isaiah Wilson from Georgia.
2: Yeah, a lot of buzz about this guy lately. I mean, six, six and a half, 350, 84 and a half inch wingspan. I mean, he's a huge human being. Got overshadowed a little by Andrew Thomas, who I'm sure is going to be on all of our lists, the other opposite bookend at Georgia. But this guy's all about size, moving bodies, um, straight ahead power. He's, he's a little bit of a work in progress, though, especially in protection. Dale, you uh, you went a different route at number
1: ten. Yeah, I got uh, Lucas Nyang of uh, TCU, and the interesting thing about him, Mike, is that he. I talked to him at the combine. Uh, he had a, 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 a torn labrum in his hip uh, that he that he injured in his junior year, and basically played the rest of his junior year with that, and then came back and played his senior year until the Texas game. And I, and the reason he he waited until the Texas game to to actually shut it down and go have surgeries he wanted to help TCU beat Texas that was his main goal I can tell you right now that you know having had labrum surgery in my shoulder that's a very painful injury uh, he was still a very good player at TCU despite the, having that that uh, very painful hip injury and I expect him to come back and be even better uh, he was ready to run at the combine uh, didn't do so was going to wait till his pro day but he's a very good football player
0: yeah, I appreciate that kind of that kind of effort and commitment as well. Matt, does that stuff matter to a scout uh, when a guy's thinking team instead of making a quote-unquote business
2: decision? Oh, absolutely. And a guy like Nang is – I didn't say his name properly there, but is a perfect example of any year would have been a top 10 offensive lineman. I mean, there's five guys that didn't make my list that could be top 50 picks. So, it's a great example of the tackle depth in this draft too.
0: Uh, I want a different round as well. Uh, with my number ten, uh, I'm going with one of those blah interior guys, uh, Caesar Ruiz of Michigan. And even though he played at Michigan, that's guys, I you to put him in there. Him. Wow! I'm here to praise Caesar, not to bury him. Oh, <laughs> a little Shakespeare
1: for you! Yeah, but are you going to st-
2: if, 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 if if are you going to
1: siphon him if you ever have to interview him? That's the question. Are you going to start stabbing him? With you? <laughs> In the back,
0: probably. Uh, no, this, is, this guy has been a starter. And, uh, you know, Dale, you mentioned TCU. They got a lot of prospects for a team that uh, wasn't exactly uh, top ten. Michigan falls into that category as well. But uh, this guy has been a starter. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah thinks he's a day one starter. Uh, center maybe uh, isn't the highest of priorities a lot of times. But this guy looks like he could be uh, an NFL center for uh, a long, long time. And uh, jumping to my number nine, I went in the same direction. Lloyd Cushenberry III of LSU who could also play guard. I imagine Ruiz could as well. But uh, this is one of those guys, uh, that number 18 at LSU, the one uh, the players vote for the inspirational guy, the leadership type guy. They want him to wear number 18 on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. Cushenberry could not wear it. Cause he played offensive line, but they gave him a patch with number 18. And I got a kick out of uh, the senior bowl. He actually did wear number 18 because who cares what your number uh, is in that game. But uh, when a guy is that highly thought of, of his teammates and and puts out the tape that Cushenberry the third did, I, that goes a long way with me.
1: Yeah. He's a, he's a good football player, Mike. And, and uh, I, I just, I couldn't put him above some of the tackles on this list. I I, I mean, this is such a special tackle group that uh, you know you, you just look at it. Um, I had Wilson, uh, who Matt had at ten, is my number nine. He's just a massive human being, and and uh, there's there's several of those in this group that uh, you just can't find these these six six, three hundred and forty pound, three hundred and fifty pound guys walking the earth. It's the uh, it's the planet theory. There are only so many of these guys on the planet, yeah. and if you get a chance to take one, you take them.
0: I like
2: that theory, Matt. You've got. Uh... Cushenberry at number nine. Yeah, I have Ruiz at six, and I have Cushenberry at nine. And there are some similarities, obviously. I, I think both of them are pretty close to plug-and-play guys as rookies, which is a high compliment because that's a very intellectual position. You know, a team like the Patriots or Dallas could be looking for somebody like that, that longtime starters barring injury. Uh, both have good size and physicality. Both could play guard or center, considered team leaders, as you mentioned. You know, Cushionberry's not a short-armed guy. He's he's highly productive against top competition. So there's a lot to like about both those guys, and I really think they're both, you know, a leadoff double. They're just very safe.
0: Matt, I will stay with you uh, going to number eight. Uh, a guy that I find pretty interesting, as I imagine a lot of people do, Ezra Cleveland of Boise State.
2: Yeah, he may take a little time just from a weight room, sand in his pants, bulk strength perspective. As good a tester as you'll ever see at the Combine, though, and that includes some of the bigger names we're going to get to here. And he moves that way. He's a very fluid player, very natural knee bender. You see the the ankle flexion. That's a good one you guys are going to use. Um, But you can see why somebody would – an offensive line coach is going to look at him and say – I can't wait to get my hands on him, mold him into a stud, and our weight program will help out.
0: Dale, you, uh, as you mentioned, you had your Ruiz at number eight from Michigan. I went with uh, Isaiah Wilson of Georgia at number eight. Ezra Cleveland was my number seven, and I got to admit, I was slightly influenced. Dale, you'll probably appreciate this. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah made a reference to Ezra Cleveland at the Combine, and he, he noted that uh, Ezra Cleveland had the best, Three cone drill among the offensive linemen. And he said, No one did it better, better than
1: that. <laughs> I imagine he's he's very good.
0: That's uh... <laughs> it. I got a kick out of that. Uh, number seven uh, on Dale's list is uh, also Ezra Cleveland. And uh, number seven on Matt Williamson's list, really interesting guy, Austin Jackson out of USC, who's, who's an off the field story as well as an on-the-field story. Matt, what were you taking uh, that that impacted you the most in that story of Austin Jackson?
2: Yeah, I mean, first of all, Jackson and Jedrick Wills, who we'll get to, are both very young prospects. And at a position where strength is so important and body development, you got to think the best is ahead for him. And I I think the story you're mentioning is he basically saved his sister's life by donating plasma and reading oh, more uh, about it. Bone yeah. marrow. Bone marrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not a doc here. They, uh, I, I guess they drilled into his hip bones and pulled the marrow out, and usually that takes two to three years to recover or at least two years to recover. Played as he recovered last year and didn't put his best tape out there, but all kinds of traits. I mean, this guy – Maybe he is a little bit of a work in progress, and his best tape we didn't just see, but there's a lot of work with here. Yeah, and he's also only
0: 20 years of age. Uh, a lot of teams like those guys that haven't necessarily played long enough in college to develop bad habits. They're more of a, a, a moldable piece of clay when they come out younger. Uh, but as long as you, you you show the physical characteristics and put some good stuff on tape, that's sometimes uh, more advantageous, is it not?
2: Oh, without question. Again, it's, it's an offensive line coach's dream to give me this moldable piece of clay that has all this ability, and I can turn him into a star.
0: Uh, as we mentioned, uh, Dale and I had uh, Cleveland at uh, number seven.
2: That's as high as Cleveland's been in years. <laughs> well done. You've been saving that one. <laughs> my,
0: number, my number six is Josh Jones from Houston. Uh, this is another one of those, uh, you know, six five three nineteen. Not quite a planet guy, but he's not small by any stretch of the imagination. And, uh, I, I really like though a description that Daniel Jeremiah gave on this guy. Uh, he said he's not necessarily flashy, but he just blocks the guy in front of him. Dale, that is the the idea. That's uh, funny. at some point when we when we stop obsessing about three cone drills and and what he does with his hips. Does he does he block the guy in front of him?
1: yeah he, he does and, and he's, he's better as a pass blocker than he is run as a run blocker you're going to see that with a lot of these guys because so many of them are, are coming from uh, spread offenses uh, that you know they're going to need to do some work on their on their you know, uh, on their run blocking but if you're if you're a good pass blocker uh, in today's NFL, oh uh, the run blocking will come uh, or you can at least just you know get in the way uh, he's really athletic in a lot of years he would have been the number one Uh, offensive tackle off the board. He's that good Uh, in this class. He's a little farther down the list. Now you've got Jones at number uh, five. I got him at five, yeah. got him at five. Matt, your
2: number six is Ruiz. Did we – Yeah, I talked about him a little, but I want to talk a little more Jones if possible because I think he's clearly five. There's four really good tackles. Then I think Jones stands alone. Um, Just doesn't quite have the upside of the four that we'll get to ahead of him. But like you guys mentioned, I mean, his tape, there's just very very little bad tape with him. I mean, he's just constantly in front of his guy getting his job done. Yeah, I've got Jackson
0: as my number five. Uh, Jones at six. I'm, I'm projecting okay. a little bit with Jackson, but I really, I really like uh, the character of that kid. Uh, and, uh, you know, he did make all pack 12 uh, They throw the ball a lot, so uh, hopefully that'll uh, help him transition to the NFL. My number four is uh, Andrew Thomas of Georgia, and uh, Sean O'Hara said, uh, put him in week one, don't even think about him. Matt, is he
2: overrating him, or is that about right? No, I think that's a good way of putting it, because he's got a lot of experience at Georgia, has played both sides, um, an aggressive mentality. Once in a while, you'll see him overextended time, going for the kill, but tons to work with. I think he's clearly number four of this elite group of four but kind of like to Dale's point with Jones, I mean, most years he'd be the first tackle off the board.
0: Dale, you've got him at number four as well. Uh, and then you guys are in agreement on number three. Uh, you've both got
1: uh, Makai Becton from Louisville. You want to uh, talk about the planet theory, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> this guys, This guy's as big as a planet. I mean, this is, this is a,
0: a really impressive tackle class if this guy's number three.
1: Oh, it absolutely is. And, and, I mean, you look at him, he's got everything that you would want. And the interesting thing about him is that Louisville would take him, and depending on you – know, they, they always wanted him on the strong side, so he played both right and left tackle, sometimes in the same game. I mean, he would just move back and forth. And so he's, a, uh, he's an interesting guy in that you, you look at him with that – I mean, he's 350 pounds, so you look at him and go, well, he's got to be a right tackle in the NFL, right? He's very athletic for a guy that size. Uh, and I think he could play left tackle in the NFL as well because of his size and reach.
2: I'm a be him uh, third also, Matt. Yeah, I'm a Beckton fan as well. I mean, he's three hundred and sixty four pounds and runs a five one. I mean, like that was jaw dropping at the combine and he looked good doing it. It's you know, at six seven and a half. Obviously he has the long arms and the huge hands and all those things. And at the college level, I mean, when he gets his hands on you, it's over. He's one of those few guys that it might actually take an extra step to get around when bending the arc and pass protection. But he does need a little bit of work on his footwork and his recovery and his hand placement and things like that as a protector. But, boy, there's a lot to like here.
0: Yeah, that was, you know, I, there's, what, 337 guys at the combine, give or take, and – uh Almost all of them, or at least the vast majority of them, run the 40. And when he ran that one, that was, uh, wow. yeah. was stunning.
1: Aircraft carriers don't move that fast. <laughs> right?
0: I, he's, he's number one on my list. Uh, Charles Davis of the NFL Network called him the human Richter scale, and uh, Sean O'Hara called him a planet. Uh, he, is, uh, he is a universe of his own. Uh, I think a little more highly of him than you guys do, but uh, everybody – uh, thinks highly of him. Uh, Dale, uh, your number two is the same as Matt's number two, and that is Tristan Wirfs from
1: Iowa. You want to talk about a guy, Mike, who, who went to the combine and did freaky stuff at his size. I mean, he looked like a tight end running around out there uh, on some of these drills. Now, Iowa played him mostly at right tackle, but I think he can play left tackle in the NFL for sure because of his athleticism. And he is he is a freaky guy. Uh, you know, if you watch tape of him, you see him pulling and, and doing all the things that, that you, you know, would want from an offensive lineman. Uh, and he's really good at it, uh, moves well in space. And it's an Iowa lineman. Uh,
2: yeah, you know you're getting a guy who's been well coached. I love him. I mean, obviously, he's my number two. He's a freaky athlete. The tape is great. My reservation, though, and it's not really a reservation because I think as a fallback plan – he might be the best guard in the league. And why I say that is he has a wrestler's background. And just think about most of these guys are former basketball players where they mirror their opponent playing defense. They move laterally. They use their eyes a lot. Where Worfs has a wrestle you to the ground, battle you in tight quarters, you know, guard mentality to him, athleticism about him, lower base, tough as could be and runs and pulls so well, but he probably will not be a guard because tackles are so much harder to find. But I could see him struggling on an island in mirror protection a little as elite players go.
0: You know, uh, Kirk Ferentz has been in Iowa a long time, and it's, it, it's something of an offensive line factory, and that's the kind of the way they build. Uh, that's the base of their program, you know, trenches and all that. Uh, this kid is the first guy to start as a true freshman at tackle for Kirk Ferentz. Uh, that says something. <laughs> that means something. That's, that's like number 18 at LSU. It, not just anybody gets to do that. Uh, I've got uh, Worf's third, and I've got Jedrick Wills Jr. of Alabama second. And Matt, to Dale's point about Worf's played right tackle, but I think he could play left tackle. Uh, Wills played right tackle because Tua was left-handed. That was the blind side, and everybody's just projecting – that he can play left tackle. But does that give you a pause at all? Uh, Do you not rather have a guy that's actually done it, or is it that interchangeable if you're that good?
2: Um, To that project – I mean, to that whole situation, I think it means less now than ever. I mean, so many elite NFL edge rushers come from the quarterback's right side that right tackle, left tackle, you know, distinction – is a lot less important to me than ever. I need good protectors on both sides. I don't. Just, I just don't need a masher on the right and a dancing bear on the left. I think it was your – you've quoted O'Hara a few times. I think he said switching from left tackle to right tackle is kind of like using toilet paper with your opposite hand for the first time. You know, like it's not as easy as you think, and it's kind of messy in the process, you know. So <laughs> – It's not as, it's just, oh, I can play left, I can play right. No, it's a little different. Um, To get to Wills, he's my number one. And you mentioned how Wurfs played very early at Iowa. Wills played as a true freshman at Bama. I mean, and really never left the field since. Stayed on the right side. Two as a left-handed quarterback. Very powerful. Very nasty. I mentioned him and Jackson are both very young. They're both under 21 years old wills actually has a, a bigger wingspan than becton um is crazy because I mean, he's four inches short. Yeah. yeah he's only slightly over six four which some see as a negative but really good leverage guy i mean his combine would be his not historic but really elite if it wasn't for the three other guys that just tore it up
1: yeah i really like him as well matt he was my number one and and, you know, starting as a true freshman, as Mike mentioned, starting as a true freshman at Iowa, starting as a true freshman at Bama on that offensive line against, you know, against uh, other top five or, or five-star recruits from around the country tells me a lot about this guy. He's, he is he is just, a, he's, he's played in a lot of really big games, uh, performed in a lot of big games, pl- uh, practiced every day against NFL talent. He's a stud. I, I think he's, uh, he, he probably won't be – maybe he be a top five pick this year uh, because of the way these offensive tackles go. But he doesn't make it out of the top ten picks. In a lot of years, uh, he may have been the number one pick uh, yeah. if you look at this uh, in a lot of other years.
0: Yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm certainly not down on the guy at all. I mean, I, I just – Becton fascinated me uh, with the physical stuff. But there, there's a picture of Wills. And he's, I, I don't, can't tell what game it's from. He's just got his uh, – Crimson jersey on, and he's standing with his hands on his hips and like looking at the sideline. And he's got the pipes and the massive size, and he just looks like, who do you want me to block now? <laughs> I got this covered. Uh, looks the part. Who, or a, who should I
1: kill now? That's the...
0: or that. Yeah, uh, that's going to do it for the old line. I got to tell you, man, I'm going to try that uh, toilet paper thing when I get a chance. <laughs>
1: yeah, it might not go so well.
0: See if you and uh, Sean O'Hara are right. Uh, of course, if you're ambidextrous, it's not that big a deal. That, that, to me, seems like it would be a really uh, great skill to have. I'd give my right arm to be ambitexter. <laughs> I'm
1: amphibious. That's,
0: <laughs> That's going to do it for the O-Line. Uh, for Dale Lolly and for Matt Williamson, I'm Mike Pursuit. Reminding you uh, to keep it here for all your uh, draft coverage. Uh, Steelers.com is the place to be. Uh, we will be back again soon with yet another edition of the NFL Draft Triple Take right here on Steelers.com.